0: Hey healers, welcome back to She Moved Me Goddess Talks. I am Kira, here to facilitate juicy conversations, sacred and wild, with you. As a priestess and alchemist myself, uh, Goddess Talk is an offering that really just allows me to create more spaces that expand who we are. As divine sacred beings so my guest today I'm really excited about mm-hmm. and the divine being that she is to talk to McKenna McKenna Anderson is owner and founder of aligning touch physical therapy and myofascial release we get into an amazing conversation about the world of fascia and sacral autonomy and pleasure and really just what it means to hold space for ourselves but also hold ourselves in a way that is supporting and not just fixing. I know you'll enjoy this one. I certainly did and I'll meet you there. So grab some notes and something to drink and tap in
1: And,
2: uh, hi, Kara. How are you? <laughs> I am riding these waves. Let's put it that way.
1: Riding these waves. Come on. Like that needs to be a shirt. And I feel like
2: there's a few things we're going to say that needs to be on a shirt. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we might as well have a shirt line at this point we might as
1: well hmm. we'll, we'll <laughs> leave that we'll leave that out there you know we are master manifestors yes uh, I just want to say thank you and um, it's been well overdue we haven't been in this space in a while um, actually I would say a little bit over here now because this is one of the ways we met, do you remember?
2: Oh, 100%. How can I forget? <laughs> it's uh, when my life started to expand, mm. even even further than I even knew or thought it would. Wow.
1: Yeah. Okay. Just coming straight out the gate with the words. All right. <laughs> Expansion dive into um, expansion talk will you for the sake of this recording tell the people who you are
2: first and then what you do Mm. first of all thank you for inviting me back into the space of podcasting you know I feel like um I haven't been here for a while you know so it feels good to be back in a in a space like this. So thank you again. Mm -hmm. Um, so who am I? So first I always answer this with, I am not my profession. I am just light, joy, and love. Um, that's number one. But how do I show up in this, uh, in this 3d world of ours? I show up as, um, a conduit of healing, um, by way of, uh, Physical therapy, I would say, is my background, but I have expanded so much beyond um, just physical therapy um, into specializing in myofascial release, also pelvic floor um, releasing, and also into energy work and energy balancing, mm-hmm. which I really have um, come to uh I don't know, like when people come and see me, I've <laughs> I have my own way of working and it's just literally just being open as a conduit of the work of source, you know?
1: Yeah. So as I
2: open up more and expand more, it just uh it shifts and it changes. So um, but yeah, that's kind of what it how I uh, show up in this 3D world as. <laughs> That's That's a lot of ways to show up. I, I
1: will definitely say I can vouch for um, some of the ways in which you show up in and being in session with you. And it is I think it has become more difficult to explain and you know, when you're sharing it with someone else. Um, I love though that you have this gateway by way of physical right. therapy to introduce people into this space and so let's dive in what would you say um you know we've i've been doing goddess talk now for a few weeks and we'll probably maybe run into the beginning of october with this because it's so juicy Uh Um, but in the theme of goddess talk and, and really harnessing this divine feminine archetype um the power the prowess the audacity this authority this sacral energy what would you say um has been some of the ways that you've connected back to your divine feminine
2: um power through the work that you do Mm, great question uh, in so many ways, I think I have dedicated this last year of just really connecting to my goddess energy, to my divine feminine, um, as showing up in the world as a queer black woman, mm-hmm. I um, often <laughs> felt a little disconnected from my divine feminine most of my life, Um and just the goddess within me because I present more of them on a masculine scale, but what is that really, you know? Right. Um, so connecting back to myself first in my divine feminine has, has been the work that I've been doing for the last year and it has expanded into me doing the work um, for the community. And mm. one way I would say as showing up And community and doing that is really uh, awesome with you doing these sacral sanctuaries which I know we'll get into but yeah um, honestly having and holding that for the last year and having a place to actually one connect to my divine feminine in another space where other people can see me yeah and 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 people that can see me and understand me and not have any judgment right because i feel like when we first happen to something that we're not sure of or we we just we just don't know we have a little bit of like i don't know a little bit of um embarrassment or judgment like you just feel like oh is someone gonna look at me am i doing this right but really there's no right and no wrong way but just to show up as your full self and your divine feminine in front of people with people in community that can like hold you, you know, that can, um, see you and being okay. So I know that was, that's that was a huge part, um, of connecting to my divine feminine and, mm-hmm. and uh, expanding, um, even further. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I like the way you just go off when anytime you mention sanctuary and, um, yeah it's uh it's a very contagious kind of joy mm-hmm. sanctuary that is um we're gonna dive into that in a few <laughs> minutes, but I want you to expand a little bit more because this is she moved me and goddess talk and we like juicy succulent mango like <laughs> <laughs> You know, I love mangoes. So oh, we know. <laughs> <laughs> we want the mango. So when I say, you know, give me give me the mango, that's that's equivalent to me saying, give me the juice. <laughs> give, me, give me the mango. What, what does sanctuary look like for McKenna? So I know what we mm. do together. I know what we offer. I know how we lay the red carpet out for our clients and friends. And we invite them to the spiritual playground. <laughs> Um, But in the course to that, because you mentioned coming back to your Divine Feminine by way of sanctuary was was one of the ways that you most felt that transformation and offering the space to others. It helped you connect to your own. Give us a little bit more detail and what was the actual connection what is mckenna's sanctuary what does it entail what is the spiritual playground (laughs) that
2: you have curated for yourself Mm, that's beautiful huh let me let that breathe that's a deep question let it breathe yeah Sanctuary for McKenna looks like, or actually I'm going to just describe how it feels to me because it it, it can look so many different ways, but it feels um, very safe, very comforting, very nurturing to self. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: It feels like a a warm, soft bath. Mm. Um, It feels like sweet nothings whispering in my ear. (laughs) um but it it just it feels like a the purest rawest softest nurturing like voice in my head you know it's um it's being like not afraid to to feel my truth to feel the emotions coming through me at that time, or whatever mm-hmm. I'm going through, and and using any kind of modalities that I need, either whether that be, you know, just holding myself, releasing my fascia, doing some breath work, just stretching, um, but really taking the time to do all of this and listen. Yeah, it's like it's just like it's like that listening part it's, instead of like doing it, which is more on the masculine. It's like, okay, for example, I'm listening, okay, well, my legs feel tight, I've been sitting for a long time, but without any judgment of that, right, yeah. my legs feel tight, I've been sitting for a long time, hmm, let's sit with that, right, okay. so, so, then asking yourself, okay, well, how can we sit with that? <laughs> how can we hold ourselves through that? How can we support ourselves through that? Oh, well, I feel like I wanna support my legs on the wall, right? Yeah. <laughs> I wanna put my legs up on the wall. So that's that's more of like taking the approach of 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 connecting to my divine feminine more as more listening less active, active doing, but sitting and nurturing and also just having compassion, you know, for myself. Um, And also sitting with myself when I, and I'm still working on this, sitting with myself um, when I don't know the answers or not trying to figure it out all the time. (laughs) I feel like I've been in such a divine masculine of like, Oh, what's next? So, okay, this is it. So what do I have Mm -hmm. to do about it? What do I have to do next? What's What's the next? Right. Right. And you called me out on that. And I'm so grateful for um, having someone like you to be a mirror and a reflection of myself Mm. that you can, you can like really call me out and say, Hey, you know, do you notice that this is what happens when you do this? And I'm like, Oh, I didn't, you know, that's perfect. That's beautiful. Um, it's a great reflection. Um, so, so um, yeah, I'm to say all of that. <laughs> yeah, that's what Divine Feminine Sanctuary feels like to me. Mm. It sounds like
1: vulnerability. It yes. sounds like self-compassion. Mm-hmm. It sounds like rest. Lots of that. <laughs> <laughs> that part. Lots of that. I think uh, the both of us are uh, Nipsey say ten tones down in the middle <laughs> of dead smack in the middle of deep rest right now, and this is Ooh. this is quite revolutionary, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Um, Big time for especially for a masculine, upcentered woman. Mm-hmm. And I, if you would not assuming, I never like to assume that anyone listening or in connection with me understands or knows automatically um, these terms or phrases that we're using. But if you could bridge something for me, Mm -hmm. defining what is a masculine-centered of woman um, as it relates to the queer community and is it possible still then for a woman who is masculine of center to live from her divine feminine?
2: Oh, yes. Um, masculine of centered, and this is my opinion and definition. Obviously I don't speak for the whole queer culture, but for me, uh, masculine of center represents a woman that presents presents herself Exteriorly, more masculine. Mm-hmm. Um, but that has nothing to do with the essence of her. Um, to me, my masculine, of centered presentation of myself is how I feel comfortable presenting myself to the 3D world. Not that it's a mask or anything like that, because it is a part of me. But I come into this world presenting myself and feeling comfortable
1: yeah
2: um it's truly just a comfort level for me honestly and what I'm into and what feels good on my 3d body but inside my essence my spirit my soul is completely connected to the divine feminine and of course the masculine there's there's always harmonizing right and in all people cisgendered people you know like to lesbians to to trans, to everyone, there's always a masculine and a feminine energy, and there is a beautiful harmonization of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that's the masculine of center. And, yeah, and I think um, being masculine of center, uh, I think there has been old stereotypes or old paradigms that, you know, um, that we can't be connected to our divine feminine, our feminine traits, but I'm gonna tell you, I have friends that are <laughs> more emotional than most <laughs> cis women, you know, and they're masculine of center. And it has nothing to do with, you know, how they're dressing. It's just how they feel comfortable presenting themselves outside yeah. of themselves. So yeah, um, and actually I feel more comfortable. Um, I always say this that when I started to feel more comfortable um, dressing more masculine, I actually started to become more feminine. Mm. Yeah, because I felt
1: that. that how uh, how is that? What is what is that dynamic like? If you could make it tangible by presenting more masculine, you connected more. Now you know my woo woo brain wants to jump, <laughs> right? And and mm-hmm. just understanding the energetics of yin and yang and balancing that, energy. right? internally, right? So it sounds like harmony to me. It
2: sounds exactly.
1: When you give yourself permission. But yes, you you go ahead, you say it.
2: (laughs) No, you know, you're right. (laughs) That's exactly it's the harmonization of it. Of it's the stronger my masculine presenting self came, I felt um more safe. Mm. Does that make sense? So I felt safer going out in the world, feeling more comfortable and safe therefore i can tap into my femininity so i can be more vulnerable i can not be afraid to <laughs> dance the way i want to dance or you know show my emotions the way i want to show my emotions um yeah the hopefully that makes sense
1: no that does i want to read you something um that i think will really expand where we are right now. It's, it's you know, when I get excited, it's, it's a mango. It's real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this <laughs> is from Brene Brown's Rising Strong. And in the chapter about the physics of vulnerability, she says, if we are brave enough, often we will fall. This is the mm-hmm. physics of vulnerability. When we commit to showing up and risking falling, we are actually committing to falling. Mm-hmm. Daring is not saying I'm willing to risk failure, but daring is saying I know I will eventually fail. I'm still all in. Yeah. Fortune may favor the bold, but so does failure favors the bold. hmm Oh, has there, Ooh. I mean, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let it breathe. Let it breathe because there's so many places we could go with that. Right. Daring is saying, I know I will eventually fail and I'm still all uh, in. Has there ever been a point of fear or regret um, in your path to? Uh, vulnerability in showing up fully as McKenna, showing up fully uh, as a practitioner, and then this new venture with your partner showing up fully in the sanctuary, Has, have there been moments of um, fear
2: of failure? Oh, yeah, there still are. <laughs> <laughs> I need people to understand that fear and failure are always going to be there. Um, And they actually get worse. <laughs> As you get higher and, and jump over more fears, you know, they just get bigger. Um, But the key to the fear, like Brene Brown said, is doing it anyway. You know you're going to fail, but you do it anyway. And why is that? For the experience. And also, it builds this confidence in you that you can do this even with this fear on your back yeah um so yeah god there's so many fear moments I could take you so many places I'll take you to one I would say um mm-hmm. I went into grad school well first I'm gonna be completely vulnerable going into physical therapy school uh, you have to go to grad school for three years after your bachelor's and the first year I applied I didn't get in and so I was really disappointed because I was I was always a very uh, studious uh, <laughs> school person a little and scholar got, mm-hmm. a little scholar you know and I, but I never was a great tester um so my test scores were a little lower like to get into grad school I remember taking the GRE like oh my god like three times I was like girl I I just can't I can't Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. but I hey but I did it right I did it (laughs) right so fast forward um I took a year off and I made sure I really wanted to do physical therapy so I took a job and being a physical therapist aide, and I was like the top-notch physical therapist aid you know to a point where um I was offered like a big job after that being a supervisor of the but I was like no I want to go to school so I finally get into school and um, the first semester, we take this grueling anatomy and physiology course, which is usually it's like, you know, you have that one course mm-hmm. right in the beginning mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. they weed out the weaklings, they weed them right. out. Right. <laughs> That's and what it's, it's for. on Legit. purpose. Yes. No, it's like it's basically like hazing, right?
0: Right.
2: It's like hazing. It's like how it's- how much like do you thin- want to do it? It's, this, these courses are every
1: medical program you can think of I don't care if you're in to school for naturopathic for dental for cause I tried to switch lanes and still ran into one of these I <laughs> yes. started off western medicine going to traditional med school took a hard left and got into this holistic medicine program and was like god damn yep. really <laughs>
2: Exactly. Okay. So, grat- gratitude
1: <laughs> for the weeding out courses.
2: Gratitude. Um. But yeah, they just they test you. And so, you know, the first semester I failed the course. And mm-hmm. I remember just, I just remembered failing. I felt so disappointed in myself. And I felt like the world was ending. Right. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I was about to drop out of school. I was like, nah, man, I can't do this, you know. And I'm going to actually tell you a little woo-woo story. I remember this because I remember leaving the classroom and I said, you know what? I'm dropping out of school. I went um, to a little grassy area in the middle of campus. And there was, like, no one there because everybody was in, in class. And there was this huge tree. I'm not sure what the tree was, but it was beautiful. I remember I had shade. And I sat under the tree and I was like, I just cried. I just was like, I failed. I'm done. Like, that's it. And then um, I pick up my head because I hear something buzzing in my ear. I look up and there's a freaking hummingbird, like maybe five feet in front of me. Mm. And at this time, I wasn't as connected to nature and source as I am now. But even at that moment, I knew that that little bird was a sign mm-hmm. that it was like, "Nah, shorty, you got it. Like, keep your head up, keep going." And if I didn't fail that course, and I didn't decide to say, "No, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep doing this," I would never done what I'm doing now. So, you know, I tell people, yeah, the failure is there for you to get the confidence in yourself. To be able to say, "Hey, I got this. I can do this, Um, even if it's hard. Even, even if it is, you know, it's cool. The failure, you learn. (laughs) It's cool. Failure. (laughs) There go another
1: shirt. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Failure. It's cool. It works. (laughs) It works. I love it. Just straight to the point. No, this is beautiful, and I just want to and and give you your flowers again and again, um, that it was worth it. And you got, not only did you fail, but you stayed. Mm -hmm. You remained in school. And obviously you passed. (laughs) Because (laughs) you have been in ownership and operating as a private practitioner for how many years now?
2: Well, I've been practicing for about 12 years, but mm-hmm. having my own place for about six now. Six years, yeah. See,
1: look look at this.
2: Yeah, that's crazy, it right? Works. <laughs> it works. And
1: we're not talking about the tea either. Like, this shit, <laughs> this shit works. And hummingbirds, this is a beautiful connection too oh, because God. we talk about animal totems and. Mm-hmm. We talk about just source and the universe being in love with you and the way that it communicates through nature and through the elements. And hummingbirds is one um, that always comes up for both of us. And Mm -hmm. this is just the joy of being in a space that we're able to curate where we can translate this language to people um, so that they can stay connected to source and not feel like it's just going to come by. One way, right? There's not right. a way of hearing, just mm-hmm. like there's not just a way of healing. And that's the biggest message of sanctuary. Yeah. So, and I, I want to segue into uh, the space that you hold specifically in sanctuary, as this was a beautiful uh, project that we birthed together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but sanctuary and what it means to you as it relates to what you offer. Um, I know you focus a lot on the fascia and connecting us back to it as another mode, modality, vehicle of healing. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Why is fascia so important to you? Why is this the medicine of aligning touch?
2: You know, fascia is one of the ways I really connected to myself the most. Um and obviously as healers, our own medicine is what we do, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I just saw myself transform when I was learning it, when I was getting it done and continue to get it done. Um And so I just want to teach it, you know, I want to share that with people because I, I just don't see it talked about as, as much as I think it should be talked about. Mm -hmm. And as much as it shifted my life, I wanted to shift others Mm -hmm. and being able to do this in community and showing people like, hey, you can do this yourself. You can transform your pain. You can transform your emotions. You can transform your spirit <laughs> through just transforming your fascia. Yeah. And so for me, it was just I needed to get that out in a bigger way. And here we go talking about fear again. For me to come out from the my little hub and cave of the treatment room, you know, I feel more comfortable one-on-one interactions with patients or, you know, if I'm teaching um, the trade, like, it's just more comfortable for me, but for me to teach it in a group setting, right, to people that really don't know what fashion is or anything like that, that, that me overcoming that fear and doing it in sanctuary, Mm-hmm. has become amazing and and it really has helped expand at me and just seeing myself as a totally different <laughs> uh person now you know mm-hmm. um so yeah it 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 it's really important for me to teach how to release your fascia to people because fascia is literally the subconscious of the body. And it can hold on to so many things that can block us, or just stagnate us, or um, or just just it can just be holding things, you know. So um, to teach it and to do it in the lovely company of Hey Healer and Kara <laughs> Buckley yeah. is um, it's beautiful. I think the way we merge our medicines yeah are (laughs) it's it's I don't think it's I I can't really describe what it is in words but it's almost taken two worlds and 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 making this beautiful uh art with them um to encompass the whole embodiment of the mind body and spirit Mm. you know what I'm saying (laughs) <laughs> no, I I do.
1: You know I love words and I see what you did there and the way you put those the way you put that together was okay. <laughs> no, but it is it is a beautiful weaving of worlds as um you would say, when, you know, we first connected. I'm I'm all in the clouds and I am up there 5D and beyond. So part of my medicine was not rejecting the earth's you know anchored groundedness here and then connecting with you um, I think we both can say if I could speak freely there was a bit of the unseen that you weren't as confident in as more okay. as much as you were in the physical so okay. there's the yin and the yang for both of us and harmony is, is bringing me down to earth and validating you that you can you know you can go higher and you know what you know even without your hands
2: you know know
1: even without your hands Mm. and one of the things that I know for sure that you know is pelvic floor (laughs) release Uh, (laughs) this is um, one of my favorite healing modalities actually that I love to hear you talk about Um, as it relates to just women in general. And I would say, whether you identify Mm -hmm. as cisgendered or not, like there Mm -hmm. is uh, this sacred bowl Mm -hmm. that we sit in um, that anchors us into our root. And so much is trapped there. So many experiences, so much ancestral, so much generational pathology that's hidden in in locked in that space Mm -hmm. can you tell us um, about the magic of pelvic floor release as it relates (laughs) to fascia and and how what is the subconscious talk of the fascia in the pelvic floor
2: oh god that's a deep that's a deep question oh
1: (laughs) That sounds like a workshop
2: question right there. It is. Excuse me. Um, It really is. Um, First of all, I love how you said the sacred bowl. The sacred bowl that we sit in. It is a bowl, you know. Um, You know, I think the pelvic floor is part of the anatomy that doesn't get talked about as much. But it's so important because that's where life comes, you know, Mm -hmm. you you think about that, you know, um, the pelvic floor is where where we hold all our reproductive organs, whether you're a male or a woman. So this area um, doesn't have a lot of bony structures either, right? So a lot of it is held up by muscles and fascia. And so unfortunately, because our society is very hush-hush about this place, especially when I'm just talking about women who have a vagina um, and uterus and ovaries and things of that nature. You know, there was, for centuries, we (laughs) have not had this area properly looked at and heard and seen and understood. Mm -hmm. And we can go back in time with that. But so now that we're in this divine feminine shift and this work of the womb and this work of the pelvic floor is coming to light, I love that this um, internal pelvic floor work is finally getting some recognition and getting done. Um, and I'm going to explain it. I think it'll be important to explain how it's done because... We don't talk about this stuff. Yeah. You know, things are so hush hush. We think about, you know, he has a vagina or a rectum, and it's like, oh, we can't, we can't talk about it. But a lot of people are holding a lot of pain there. Mm -hmm. Um, If you really just think about how much we sit, (laughs) how much we actually sit on our tailbones, and just sitting is just slowly but surely you're just absorbing so much pressure and compression there yeah, in that bowl area in those <clears> muscles <throat> and things of that nature. So just from physical pressure applied to an area in the pelvic floor, like sitting or an actual physical trauma that's happened there, like you fell on your tailbone, you were like, you know, sliding on the, the kitchen floor, you fell. How many times have people done that? um, or actually having some kind of traumatic event happen to the pelvic floor area, um, any sexual kind of trauma or anything like that. It doesn't even have to be physical. It can also be just emotional, right? So we hold a lot in that sacral area, just emotional wise, and it can be repressed, so the internal pelvic floor release that I do is I actually insert my fingers with a sterilized glove mm-hmm. and I go into either the vaginal canal, mostly the vaginal canal, but sometimes the rectum if needed. Um, and I go and I feel if there are any restrictions in the tissues. So restrictions in the pelvic floor muscles are also the fascia. And I can actually feel it. And so it's just similar to someone coming into, like, your upper trap or, like, your neck and there's a knot there. The muscle tissue gets knotted up. Same thing happens in the pelvic floor.
0: Okay. So
1: pause. Pause. Uh-huh.
2: Pause
1: for the cause. <laughs> because for all of us out here that are so visual. Yes. <laughs> and I want to... And let me just preface this in saying I know McKinnon to be extremely professional. Yes, and uh, always. The, I mean, down to forms, consent, all of that. But also, I think it's it's the setup, and you know how you make your clients, your patients feel comfortable. But just for clarity <clears> purposes, <throat> you are inserting uh, either in the vaginal canal or the rectum. And what you are feeling is synonymous to a knot in the shoulder mm-hmm. where the fascia has gathered or absorbed shock. Yep. And and it's, it's holding. Mm-hmm. And holding whatever comes up in, in that space. And so then you go on to
2: release it. Exactly. So it's like if I found this tension, this knot, maybe it's a little cyst, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of women have uh, ovarian cysts or fibroids even, um, or just thickening of the lining of the vaginal area. What we'll do is go in and with the pressure that I I applied, it's Mm non-traumatic holding compression pressure. And it's held. It's held there. It's not moved. And what it's actually being able to do is support that tissue. And as I do that, that basically helps the tissue that's knotted up kind of slowly melt and mm. release. Almost like it irons out the knots or irons out the wrinkles. Right. That's so what everything.
1: what have you seen from from this? Like what are
2: oh god results? So many, so many results. I mean, I've had women come to me with everything under the sun from um, endometriosis. I remember I had a client, she had severe endometriosis and we worked on her for about two months and she used she came to me with terrible, terrible periods, literally like she would have to go home for two days, take off work because she would have cramps, not only in the vagina, in the rectum as well, heavy bleeding, um, just really bad PMS, long story short, in two months, but with doing the pelvic floor treatments, and this is not a lot, I'm saying about six times in two months, Um, literally had no spasms, no more spasms. No cramps with periods, her PMS went down like fifty percent. Um and dang it's been like two years, I haven't even seen her. So <laughs> when you don't see someone, that means you they good.
1: That's a good thing. <laughs> Gratitude for so, her and her thriving uterus and vagina.
2: I, man, I love it. <laughs> man, for real. And then also um Um, women having any difficulties with um, trying to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, I have had several women come to me and i would say i got about five babies out in the world because i've helped (laughs) i've helped make five five kids okay baby Um, mama hey you know what i'm saying hey it is what it is but (laughs) um but for real in seriousness this really helps um even with just heavy periods um any sciatic issues Mm -hmm. um a lot of people deal with back pain yeah. But a lot of people don't know that um, the back is directly connected to the pelvic floor. So if the pelvic floor muscles are tight, it can be pulling on the back and causing this chronic back pain. So sciatica, um, stenosis, all of that, even hip mobility, right? A lot of people have hip issues. Um, and then also um, using it as an emotional uh, release as well, um, dealing with any yeah. women that have had any kind of sexual trauma. Um, I had a woman come to me um, and had issues, had you know sexual abuse in the past, and she couldn't go to the gyno because she could not have them insert, um, you know, to get a Pap smear. Right, mm-hmm. and she couldn't have sex anymore or anything like that. So you know, having her get the pelvic floor release done, she was able to go back to the doctor and get that done. And also releasing the trauma of the health world in, in, in that area. So, you know, um, it's, it, there's so many, I could keep telling you all kind of testimonies, but it truly, oh, I, truly I is, it. it's truly a gift, uh, this, this work. And I'm just so happy that I am able to do in that I had a calling to do it a calling
1: definitely you you definitely have to be called to this kind of work I think um, as we just experienced uh leaving upstate New York and Kingston one of the participants at the retreat was like f this F being <laughs> <laughs> like I, to to be able to see what we do firsthand up close and personal um, so. Yes, this is also a non shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> really. Um, oh, and when you said with us, yes.
2: Yeah, I don't wanna um interrupt you, but when you said it is a calling, so how I got into this work really quick, my boss um knew how to do it and when he first presented it to me he said hey mckenna you want to learn how to do internal puff floor i said oh no i ain't touching that (laughs) like that is not for me right but then the next year he had um one of his colleagues come in and was doing a workshop on it and he was like mckenna you sure it's free and i was like well it is free cus so (laughs) (laughs) so that's what i'm saying i was called Right? right so the call exactly. is you
1: to want to actually keep doing this understanding right. the power of it this is you know because I, I call you the mechanic naturally but i think <laughs> beyond the physical mechanics of this there's an energetic release in regeneration that happens in that space as i've experienced it firsthand from you Um, again, not without having, um, full being able to just fully describe what it was like, but somatically, you know, as I tell my clients, some things cannot, um, be explained or Mm keep by way of words with the mind, but it's a, it's a body experience. It's somatic, like it's viscerally in you, right? Mm -hmm. My my clinic supervisor would say that it's not just the issue in the tissue, but the answer is there as well. Like it's beneath the muscle layer, in the tissues, it's in the meridians, it's in the the nervous system, it's in the pathways, it's in the blood. And Mm -hmm. in your case, it's in the fascia. (laughs) I'm just really excited to know you and the powers that be connected to you. What do you have coming up that um, we can dive deeper into this fascia work with you, whether um, someone out there wants just to talk to you about fascia? Do you do free consultations and how can they connect with you and how can they get into some of these classes
0: that you're (laughs) taking?
2: Yes. Um, so if you just want to just connect, um, I offer free consultations on my website, 15 minute free consultation. So if you ever just want to talk to me, and um, my website is uh one word, dot com. Um, and you can just go ahead and book that over there. And then also, um, you can book an appointment if you just want to come on down and come and check out the work. Um, and I am working on um, doing classes. I am so excited about Ooh. that because I really, really want to share this with uh, people that do body work and show my technique. And um, I think um, I haven't done it for so long is because of that fear coming back full circle, right? The fear of, of, of doing something and teaching something that you, it's hard to put in words, right? Mm -hmm. But it's also a calling for me to do I've, You know, it's, it's continuing to be called. So yes, I will be um, hosting a workshop in the future before I'm thinking in November. So you can stay tuned, but all Everything that we are doing is on um, the website. And also, we have lots of sanctuaries coming up. And um, in October, we have a sanctuary in, in Austin. Austin. In. Yeah. And then... Also, I'm being featured as one of the healers at the Rise Gathering, which will be in October. Um, the ending, or the beginning of October, right? Yeah. Yeah, end of September, early October. Post- yes. Early October. And then the most magnificent in December, we're both going to be in Costa Rica doing uh, our first international retreat together. Jeez, in Magnolia. Jeez. Hey, hey right <laughs> So there's I just there's just so much going on um, and just it, I'm so blessed and you can also hit me up on IG. Um, I also have a lot of reels on there just showing me stretching my fascia and just giving you guys just some motivation. Um, some Wellness Wednesday <laughs> talk. Um, so <laughs> the IG handles a lining touch. PT, and you can hit me up there as well. Thank you so much, McKenna,
1: for all of the ways and channels that you allow the community to show up for you as Thank well. You. I, I'm just deeply proud I can just say that and give you your flowers again <laughs> right now that I am uh, as they say in the south peacock proud I, that's, yeah. that's our friend Rashida I love when she says that hey. I'm peacock proud of you boo <laughs> um, but just really proud of you being a black queer woman owned healing entity mm-hmm. and connecting the the heart, the contagious joy that you are. and I, I tell people all the time like if you don't believe her joy is because you don't have any like
0: you don't come on you
1: come don't on. understand <laughs> the essence of true pure source energy. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, that's a whole nother talk. but yes yeah <laughs> thank, thank you thank you thank you for all of it. I also know that you have uh, a newsletter. Uh, yes. align, feel and heal. And yes. I'm going to invite everyone to just connect. If you don't know where to start, send an email, join the email list so you can stay tuned. And in that newsletter, I know she shares all of the events and retreats and sanctuaries that are coming up. And so that way you can be connected for the November workshop. There, yes. we just put it out there. There, hey, it is. there it is. <laughs> all right, my love. If you would to leave us with something that you are loving, and I'm gonna tap, ask you to tap into all your senses. What's your what are you loving to smell right now? Mm,
2: I'm loving to smell this gumbo I just uh, got. <laughs> <laughs> that part. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh! What's the realest of the gumbo. real? That that is the realest because gumbo when it you hits your nose, nothing else matters. All right, what are you yeah. loving to experience right now? To feel freedom, <laughs> freedom. <laughs> <laughs> what are you loving to hear? Hmm. Some soft cold train. soft cold train, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. And what I would say, uh, if we could do a, a last-minute heart check, what are you loving to focus on right now? Where is your heart centered?
2: Hmm. <sighs> It's centered in being as big as it can be and expanding as big as it can expand.
0: That's it.
1: I love it. As big as it can be, (laughs) as expanded as it can expand. (laughs) Thank you again, McKenna. All of McKenna's contact info will be in the episode notes. And as always, stay lifted and be well. Enjoy that gumbo.
2: Hey, thank you, Kara. (laughs) Good night. Good night.